Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Today's show is one that we're extremely excited about because we've just announced our partnership with the U.S. Air Force Academy and the Association of Graduates. Through this partnership, USAFA graduates can access valuable tools from resume assistance to mentorship, exposure to recruiters, and many other services. In today's episode, I'm joined by Liz McLean, Air Force veteran, speaker, writer, entrepreneur, just to name a few of her accomplishments. Liz shares her story of perseverance through the many obstacles she's faced and gives valuable advice to other veterans who may be struggling to re-enter civilian life. Regardless of your military status or branch of service, this episode is for everyone. After we wrap up that portion of our conversation, Liz shares her involvement in the AOG and USAFA partnership, including resources available to graduates, how to access these resources, and more. Liz refers to the newly launched Career Center as a one-stop shop for Air Force veterans, one that she hopes will be replicated among the other branches of service. To learn more about career services for veterans through Orion, visit www.oriontalent.com forward slash USAFA graduates. To access the new Career Center page through USAFA, visit usafa.com forward slash career center. As always, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions or comments about this episode or the resources we've discussed, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Good afternoon, Megan. I'm so excited to talk to you. When I first heard about, you know, how we were working with you and the AOG and the USAF Academy, um, I was really excited to tell our listeners a little bit more about it and kind of how they can learn more and get started, all the really cool resources that are available. So we'll definitely talk about that in more detail, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think that you have one of the most impressive backgrounds of anyone that I've talked to on this podcast. And so I do want to spend some time just letting you talk a little bit about your own background and telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. No, I'd, I'd love to. Um, you know, well, first off, thank you for saying that. I, I'm not sure that's necessarily true, but I'm, I feel privileged and honored to, to be on the show. That's for sure. So, I mean, to start out, yeah, from small town Sonoma, California, wine country. So everyone, I think there assumes that you, you grow up a wine aficionado, but really I'm just a fan of flavor and agriculture, I guess. So left from there to go off and attend the Air Force Academy. Um, and plans there originally were to go the flying route, but went the logistics officer uh, route instead. So did my time there, really great experience, I have to say, um, going from the mindset of thinking I was going to be a rated person to a non-rated. So had some leadership opportunities straight away, 120 um, men straight off of from my first assignment. So started out in Florida, um, deployed to Kuwait, went to New Jersey, working in some humanitarian missions there. Um, further gained my love and respect for service members and, you know, honestly, m- more so my love for for taking care of those people in uniform. I think half of the nicknames for me were mom, just by the sheer fact that <laughs> my my empathy was there in partnership with, with my leadership. So by the time it was all said and done and, and time for me to to do my exit, um, you know, had served my time, I really thought about it. And I, I, I said, you know, I think I'm going to be 
a social worker, um, but somehow maybe compensated a little bit more for the work that I'm doing and separate the emotional ties that I, I think I'd, you know, struggle with a bit there, but then focus on, on service members. And all that said and done, what that articulated to was was helping transitioning service members. I, I ended up becoming really passionate about that cause. I saw that it was a broken process, a lot of issues with the integration piece. And so pretty much straight away, I, I started out working for 100% commission uh, recruiting firm and got my taste for what it was like to plug in junior military officers. And uh, from there, I ended up reaching out to Booz Allen Hamilton to see if they were interested in becoming a client. And lo and behold, they said, well, hey there, uh, little lady, I think was the quote. Um, How'd you feel about coming to work for us instead and help us create a, a JMO program? So so did that. And it was such great experience. I was getting a chance to cite my Sun Tzu Art of War quotes in a large speaking forum and, and get them invigorated about the concept of going into the workforce. Uh, transferred those skills onto uh, CACI or CACI, doing the same thing for uh, military recruiting, OPM investigations, um, hiring, and, and things of that nature. Uh, from there, in full transparency, I, I would have stayed probably on that route, uh, and I was living in New Jersey at the time, kind of flowing back and forth to DC. But my dad fell ill with cancer, so I relocated rather quickly back out to California. So he was in Sonoma and there wasn't really anybody else around to assist with that. So I was fortunate enough to be picked up by Hewlett Packard pretty quick to start working on their diversity platforms and military hiring platforms. So I was out there working, driving sometimes seven hours in a day to get to Hewlett Packard uh, from Sonoma and back, taking care of my dad with chemo. And if I'm honest, Megan, I, I got to the point where, you know, I was realizing all this program creation that was being done internally was something that I could do externally. And mm -hmm. it was a lot on me trying to take care of my dad at, you know, at the same time. So for me, outdoors, triathlon, and, you know, all that good stuff are, are definitely my outlets. I was really focused on my Ironman training at that point. But I realized that launching my own organization um, was probably the best way for me to be able to care for my dad, keep some balance, and and maximize on helping as many service members as possible. So after speaking at a LinkedIn conference and talking about the veteran talent pool, I, I jumped ship um, and, you know, started out public speaking in large forums to train recruiters and hiring managers. Uh, if for large companies, you're looking at a Best Buy or maybe a Southwest um, recruit military at the time hired me to do conferences. So back in God, 2014, so we're looking at, at five years, six years mm -hmm. now, by the time we come up with some of them said, um, of working on, working on that. So traveled around, have done quite a bit with military.com, which was one of my largest clients working on training the sales force there and you know please forgive me if I'm blabbing on too much so anything you <laughs> want to key in on or if I'm just like talking to myself but 
Um, no, I on, I think this is. I think this is really interesting. And like I said, I think you're one of the more accomplished guests that we've had on here. And what I keep thinking when you're saying all this is just how interesting it is that you said initially you thought you wanted to do something in social work after leaving the military. And, you know, now your current career path is just, you know, I'm sure you would have never imagined that this is what you would have ended up doing. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I, I, I feel grateful every day. I feel like my journey or my path or my chapters, if you will, in life have really lined up, gone through hard times, obviously, you know, after taking care of my dad for six years doing all this, you know, he passed away, had to learn about that, went through a divorce with someone I was with for 15 years at the time that over, you know, dealing with the um, hardship of caring for a father and, and had to reinvent while taking a look at what was still extremely important to me. And all of those journeys, all of those paths, you know, led led me to where I am today, which is still being extremely passionate about the service members. So, I mean, I can flash forward a, a lot of what I continue to work on once I launched the company was my my public speaking and my my writing. So, I'm fortunate enough to you know interview General Petraeus right from the get go, which was um, you know, a wonderful introduction into some of the magazines and periodicals that I was writing for um, and became known as a subject matter expert in terms of transition. Uh, networking is my forte. And so the people that I've met across the globe really that are passionate about helping service members and want to bring together, you know, their the best resources, the best tools, the best people to make it, you know, a mission worthwhile, you know, it has just been incredible. Um, and most recently, you know, I I was given the opportunity at, that I'm extremely grateful for, uh, which is building the first transition program for the U.S. Air Force Academy. So 2006 alumni. Um, and for me, if I could change the transition process and design it perfectly for the DOD, I would. I mean, the joke is you, the DOD is, you know, the world's largest machine in terms of its inertia. Um, but to be honest, I don't think it's really a joke. I think it's pretty true. It's hard to it's hard to get through those wickets, and so I really um, wanted to design it there. But it's it's actually more palatable for to do it for one specific pool and then be able to build a beta from there. And I, my dream, my dream has been since 2011 when I got out to build the perfect transition platform, something that was literally a one-stop shop with steps that, you know, quieted the noise that these service members continually get when it's time to get out. 59,000 different nonprofits out there right now jockeying to try to assist, which are which are great, but, you know, cloud the judgment. So, so that's where mm-hmm. I am now, kind of been back and forth in terms of what companies I'm helping and, and where I am. Um, but it's been an incredible journey that I'm, I'm grateful every day for. Well, and I and I think that definitely comes across in the way that you speak about it. One thing I do want to ask you is that, you know, you've mentioned several times about your passion for helping transitioning service members and really just your passion overall for the U.S. military. Did you have other veterans in your family or how did you initially decide that you wanted to be in the Air Force? Well, that's such a good question. Um, You know, So my older brother is a dive officer for the Coast Guard. He enlisted as a rescue swimmer. But other than that, you know, not a strong lineage. It was something for me. I I met an individual. I was backpacking on the John Muir Trail who said, you know, I recognize your, your endurance and your discipline. 
what do you want to be when you get older? And I said, sir, I want to be an astronaut. And he said, well, I have a place <laughs> I'd like to recommend to you. And I was obsessed from that point forward. I I was obsessed with the concept of making a difference um, and pioneering something. And that didn't necessarily have to be space. But for me, once I got going, you know, in school and understanding more, you know, volunteered to deploy while I was at the academy, I started realizing how much I cared, you know, even more about my country and about um, the mission that people do every day. I worked at the mortuary evacuation point when I was deployed and it it sealed in you know, solidified to me just how precious life is for our service members. And so mm-hmm. as time went on, I think, yeah, the passion grew. But yeah, originally <laughs> I I definitely thought I would be <clears throat> I'd be flying high around Mars. <laughs> so, you know, when you were talking about, you said that you oversaw the mortuary service and that's kind of what you were involved with when you were deployed. And I'm sure that that's not an easy thing to deal with day in and day out. So did that lead to any kind of challenges when you transitioned back into civilian life or, um, you know, were there other challenges that maybe were even harder for you to overcome? And just kind of talk me through a little bit of that and, you know, how you did overcome those challenges. Yes, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I I did struggle when I came back. I I really could not understand how people could take life for granted. It just didn't make sense to me. You know, during the course of time um, that, you know, my boss was even out there that I worked for that I'm still very close with, 172 uh, human remains came through. And so every day we were putting them on the planes and doing a transfer service and had the the marine mortuary team there. And you, you think you become desensitized but really, you know, as you know the stories of the individuals coming through, it's it's really hard to to break away. And so when I got back, I was living in Florida at the time, and I I could not even handle watching people have a drink on the beach. You know, I would put my hands in my my head in my hands and sit there and just shake my head over the fact that people didn't realize what we were out there fighting for. I really socially socially struggled, was, you know, ended up having to go talk to people about how to assimilate properly back in and, and I was very cognizant of how much it was affecting me. I just I felt like people were trivial and, and didn't mm-hmm. respect what was really going on. And so yeah, Megan, it I I'm very open about that because I it's what makes me who I am today as well. I I don't I don't understand when people don't appreciate sacrifices that are made. Yeah, and I and I appreciate your openness about it because I think for many of our listeners who were deployed, while they may not have had that same you know job that you did in the military, they still saw things that make them. I think more appreciative of life than the average person who has never seen those things. And so I think it's good that you're open about things like that as well. Yeah, it's, I mean, part of my mission in life has been to help those people coming back now too. And that's part of the reintegration and transition piece also. People are looking for, I mean, that's a, that's a strong mission tie there too. You feel as though you're making an impact. You realize you're tied to something that matters. And when someone gets out of the military, 
whether or not they've had that experience, they're trying to figure out how they can make a big of difference. And if they have some instability mentally as well, and that doesn't mean it's a long lasting thing or it might vary in severity, it can really affect their transition. And so finding a place to go that's a home, that's a culture, that's a community, you know, might be really important for that fit. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think the reintegration piece there with regards to employment is, is really important also. Yeah, and you know, reintegration kind of in the same vein of that. You have a really good article on LinkedIn that says that the title of the article is Who Am I? The Transitioning Service Members Search for Identity. And I thought that I read the article, I thought it was really great advice for someone who's transitioning back to civilian life. So, um, you know, based on that article or even just your, you know, personal experience, maybe something you've learned since you published that article, is there like maybe like your number one piece of advice that you would offer for transitioning service members about acclimating to life after the military? I would say take a look at not just your objective traits, but your subjective traits. Like who are you as a person, not just what did you do as a job in the military? I mean, I might have been a logistics person, and I promise you I can plan like no other. Um, But the things that make me who I am are more aligned with helping others, are more aligned with uh, flexibility, with being outside, with having the opportunity to um, make a difference in someone else's life. I get more satisfaction out of that. And all of those things have helped me to kind of design and decide, you know, the path for for my own life. I think people key in too much on, well, I was a pilot, so I have to be a pilot on the outside. Or they think that just because they were an engineer in the military, they have to be an engineer on the outside. It's absolutely not the case. You have an opportunity and a, a great chance to redefine who you are holistically. You know, um, and I think my my other thought is location is pretty important people I think if you're happy where you are whether that's near family or an environment for me I I love Colorado because it's it's clarity to me Um, I think that you can help design what your job will be even more Um, and I I just I think it's important to look at what your personality is not just what your not not just what your specialty or your AFSC was Mm-hmm. And I think that's great advice. It's something that, you know, we at Orion try to coach candidates through all the time and even on the flip side, try to talk to employers. Same with what you do, Liz. Try to talk to employers about how, you know, you shouldn't limit a candidate to what they did in the military. They're so much capable of more. So it's really giving them the opportunity to show you that instead of saying, this is what you are in the military. This is what you have to be when you get out of the military. Yep, 100% agree. And I, I mean, it's another reason... You know, honestly, that I, I respect, I've respected Orion for so long. I mean, I met Mike at a conference for the Vets Job Mission out in New York, and we, yeah, like we clicked in terms of what our, our outlooks were in terms of helping service members. People, um, you guys do a great job. The team does a great job of helping people to find that, to find that fit. It's, 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 it's not a square peg round hole concept. You guys do a great job in terms of actually connecting the dots. So I I agree with that fully. Yeah, thank you. And another thing from the article that I thought was 
um, a really good point that you might want to expand on a little bit more as well is just how important community is and deciding what that means to you and then how you're going to go about finding that community to help you, um, you know, assimilate back into civilian life. Oh, absolutely. It's it's so important. You you grow up in this environment where your community is your base. It's your it's the people you go to work with every day. That's all you know. And suddenly you're thrust into this environment where in civilian workplace people don't necessarily care about you like a like the person. They care about your work and what you do. They don't they don't care necessarily about your family. They're not necessarily looking at boundaries. They're not concerned with taking care of the newborn baby that was welcomed and you don't have built-in friends. It's hard. It is very hard. And I can tell you, um, one thing I recommend is, is, you know, digging into whatever new area you're planning to go in a social setting outside of work. Uh, an example I'll say is I moved to Colorado and I knew that I was getting ready to go there by myself after some big life changes and I didn't know anybody. I knew I was a triathlon competitor, I knew I was a mountain biker, I could identify with all these outdoor activities, but I wanted to see how I could make a community. And realistically, I looked at the meetups for outdoor adventures and I just started going to them. And I started meeting people and I started developing a community and I invited this plethora of people over with these different backgrounds and and started forming my own my own city family and that mm -hmm. that that you know went on from there and and as I talk to people now I encourage them I'm like are you a runner look up running groups and join them and start from there you don't necessarily need to look up something that is that is job related because if you go into a new work environment expecting that to be your your all in your outlet you're going to let yourself down so People outside of your family, people outside of your work that you can relate to are are so important. You want, One thing I thought that was great about you was just from reading some of the articles that I saw online was that it's very clear that, you know, you're someone who's accomplished both in your military career and then post-military career, just everything that you said on the podcast. Clearly, you're someone who's driven and motivated and you've done very well for yourself. But I think one of the things that you've, that's been sort of a consistent theme here that really is rare is your ability and it almost seems like desire to get out of your comfort zone. I think a lot of people don't have that because it's scary. People don't like change obviously. I mean, that's just, I think that's human nature. And it seems like you have become very good about putting yourself in situations that really challenge you, whether it's physical or, you know, on the job front. And it just seems like you're someone who's very good at putting yourself out of your comfort zone, which has ended up really helping you. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I think it is a, it is a point of, I don't like to say pride, but a bit for me in the sense that I I want to be challenged and I want to challenge other people. And I think I get more satisfaction from, from that. I, it, it can also be, you know, a little bit overwhelming to the self in, in some aspects of this. It's hard to figure out what um, is going to challenge me in, you know, multiple layers. Sometimes I, I really get a lot of um, excitement out of helping others these days in a mentorship phase. But yeah, going outside the, the comfort zone, I just got back from climbing the Matterhorn in Switzerland, which for me was a great endeavor and that I had been really excited about. And I utilize those challenges to help reaffirm what I'm talking about to others, which is 
you're capable of doing anything. And it can be so exciting. And I, I am not one to be a hypocrite. If I'm going to be talking to people and talking to them about their transition and their capabilities, I, I, I want to firmly believe that I, I practice what I'm talking about. And so it might be triathlon, it might be mountaineering, it might be public speaking, it might be designing a job of my dreams in a, in a certain location. But I think um, through some of the hard stuff that I, I went through, you know, having two losses and dealing uh, you know, you, you know, without, without parents, et cetera. I, I think I've, I've learned to have to be very self-sufficient and also learn how to be, have those vulnerabilities, um, present at the same time. And mm-hmm. I like to remind myself that if I continue to, to do these challenges, that I can help other people to become the best version of themselves. So it's just, it's just how I've been wired. I'm not very good at sitting still and, I I don't enjoy the mediocrity concept. I I just I want people to see that that they're they're capable of anything. Yeah, definitely. And um one thing that I saw was this story of your tattoo that I would like you to talk about if you don't mind because I thought it was um it, it was very inspiring and I I just love the concept and um I read it in one of your articles and I thought it was really cool. Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, I mean, I always start out by saying, like, I'm not a tattoo person, I swear, not that it matters to say anymore, but, I mean, it's one of those things where I have an Edelweiss on my wrist, and I definitely have bracelets that cover it, so you won't necessarily see it when I'm dressed professionally, but um, I, when I got out of the military, I backpacked the, the Hoyt Trail, so you go from Chamonix to Zermatt, and it ended at the base of the Matterhorn, and there was just this awesome Edelweiss, which you you can see them sporadically, but really they're very pretty rare. Um, and you can only find them at the highest altitudes. They're known in history you know, for people expressing their love and pulling them from the highest mountaintop because they people would get injured from pulling them. And and um, so when I was at the base of the Matterhorn, I saw this flower uh, next to a crevasse, which was just so crazy. It was on this hillside, and I'm just looking at this flower next to this pit of endless despair and I was like that really represents life in so many different ways like next to beauty you know you have this despair and like you can have those sides and so I took it home and I pressed it and I kept it with me um on a little piece of uh, blue porta potty toilet paper nonetheless very glossy um <laughs> I put it in a, in a little frame um and I kept it by my side and you know one of the things I wanted to do as I looked up the Matterhorn I was like I I want to go back and climb that beast one day. And it's, I mean, it's epic. There's, you have the, the cemetery at the base down lower, you know, talking about how grueling it is. And I was like, that's a, that's a cool, cool peak. So, you know, flash forward, um, the, the night that my dad passed away, I had kind of a weird experience in that fatal vice was by my bedside. Um, and I just left him and went to bed and, uh, my phone, ringing on silent and I somehow woke up to it so that means I'm not sure the connection there but I answered and he had passed at the same moment I I woke up and so you know obviously I was flustered feeling pretty alone and I turned and I looked at my bedside and there was my Edelweiss sitting in my frame and for me I knew at that moment that that was you know somehow it was a sign and it was my dad saying you know hey, like, you'll be okay. Uh, you've always had this forward movement mentality. And like, 
you know, just slow down, trust the process and keep pushing on. And so I got that tattoo that day that he passed on my wrist. And I promised myself that I would go back in terms of some closure and climb the Matterhorn. And so I look at it every day. Uh, I don't, I try not to look backwards. I have my moments, but I always look forward in terms of how I can be the absolute best version of myself. And, um, and yeah, and so I went out there to climb it this year and I was, I was pretty, pretty stoked to, to do it with some really amazing close people and, um, and bring it back full circle to, you know, hopefully help others to, to feel the same way in life because you can get stuck and life can be hard. Um, but if you dig from within, you can, you can climb pretty high and, and see some, some pretty awesome things. I love that story. It's really just the symbol of perseverance for you, it sounds like. It is. It is. I look at it every day. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, the best way is to be the best version possible. I have, versus New Year's resolution, I use four words, and it's boundaries, intention, class, and patience. And all of those things are things that I want to practice for the rest of my life um, moving forward. And so, my little flower reminds me, reminds me of grit and reminds me that even when things seem absolutely terrible, whether it's your transition, whether it's, you know, in war overseas, whatever it is, like, you're going to get through one way or the other to another side. And that's, that's mm-hmm. all you can control. And it's all temporary. I think having that context mm-hmm. that you have in the perspective, it really just, it makes it easier to like you said, persevere through those circumstances. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. So switching gears a little bit, I want to talk um, kind of more about what we're doing now. So the partnership with the U S air force Academy and um, you know, some of the different things that you're focused on right now, but before we get into that um, you know, we talked a little bit about what you do and what you've done with consulting and things like that. But when you talk to corp companies in corporate America, what do you think are um, really some of the biggest challenges facing veterans? And, you know, do you think that those challenges are recognized by employers? And then also even on the flip side, um, some of the values that veterans are bringing to corporate America, do you think that those are recognized by employers as well? I think we've come a long way, and those are all excellent questions. I think um, we were busting stereotypes for a long time. I mean, PTSD, if you have, if, if you drop a pencil on the floor, all your military are going to, you know, hit the deck instantly. Like, people actually thought that, um, mm-hmm. those types of things. Or, you know, that military members only think in black and white, that they can't think in shades of gray. I would use the example, well, when's the last time someone wrote a recipe book on what to do when things kicked off in Haiti? You just figure it out. That's, like, part mm-hmm. of what you do. And it's the same thing in in a, you know, a civilian environment. So I think that some of the challenges that the veterans, so some of the challenges that the companies are are still maybe seeing are they're trying to figure out how to connect the dots with military backgrounds to the requisite roles that they have in their companies. And like we talked about before, that's not always necessarily how you need to do it. Um, You know, they need to be able to break it down and look at the holistic person. They might really have some skill sets you know, that are, are specific specific clearances or specific engineering aspects, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but really you're looking at the type of person, which is a fire and forget weapon that can be thrown into 
um, any environment and and persevere. So employers get stuck on those pieces. I will say that they are doing a much better job of trying to have veteran-specific programs so that they can understand that a bit more. They're also including more spouse programs, which is helpful because it supports, you know, the spouse has been jumping around for quite a while trying to find um, trying to find employment due to different uh, transitions between bases. So um, overall, I think I think we have come a long way, but companies are trying to figure out how to, you know, hire as many as they can for the best fit possible. Um, retention becomes becomes more of the issue. I think from the veteran standpoint, they are they're still kind of confused as to where how where to even start you know they're thinking about their family they're thinking about compensation they're thinking about having to do something that they just did in the military versus realizing that the world is their oyster and then when they go to try to find some resources they go through the top program which can only get them so far and then they're thrust into a sea of help in quotes that actually drowns them um so they're trying to figure out where the best place to go really is, and they're they're grasping for straws on you know for for recommendations. Um, so did that did that answer your question, or is there anything else you wanted to keep me to key in on there? No, that certainly answers my question. And um, like I just said a few minutes ago, it leads us into really the focus of this podcast, other than you know talking about all the great things that you've done. And you know another thing I do want to go back to here at the end is just. You know, if anyone wants, to, if anyone who's listening wants to read some of the articles that I referenced, how they can find those and things like that. But um, what you just said definitely lends itself to, you know, the topic here. So, you know, we've got this partnership with the Association of Graduates and the U.S. Um, Air Force Academy to um, talk about this new career site that was just launched. And so I want to talk to you about that because I know you're very involved with this partnership. Kind of hear more about your role in that and kind of what the overall goals are of this partnership and of the newly launched site. Um, so if, I, if you could talk about that a little bit first, and then we'll talk about some of the services that are available to veterans through this site. Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, so I mean, I was a very fortunate, very, I don't use the term blessed much, but I, I do feel that way in a sense, not necessarily from a religious connotation, but just overall, um, to be asked to help create this transition program. So there is not yet in existence one spot for service members in general to go to just get help from A to Z when they're getting ready to get out, and, or maybe when they're getting close to getting ready to get out. And there, there's so many resources, but there's not this one-stop shop. And then I've been trying to create this for a long time, um, and people I know and really trust in my network to include, um, you know, Mike that runs, um, Orion, he's, he's felt, you know, similar in, in such instances. So, um, the obviously, Air Force Academy is very near and dear to my heart. I have a lot of pride having gone there and a lot of pride in the fact that it's helping to get to, into the position to help as many people as I can today. Uh, which really, if I, forgive my speech, but if I were to die tomorrow, um, I'd feel pretty good about the number of people I've hopefully been able to assist and, and you know, would cross my fingers that people would continue to, to persevere and to get into places that they love. Um, and while creating a program for the Association of Graduates, um, which is the alumni organization for um, the academy, is not necessarily adopted across different branches and uh, the DOD 
it is an amazing opportunity to do a beta or a test on a a population that you know does need help. They they haven't had a place to go. So I jumped at the chance to be able to build it, working with an amazing team. Marty Marklongo, who's the president, is one of the most sincere people you'll meet. Uh, tears up when he's talking about the ability to create, um, make a difference in veterans. Been trying to create this program off the ground for a very long time. Corey Grubbs is a SVP that works underneath him, just an awe-inspiring team. Um, they've given me a lot of flexibility to design something that is that one-stop shop. So grads, you know, and thankfully it's so exciting, you know, this was just launched, uh, at least the skeletal version that we'll continue to build on, will have a, a chance to be able to go to one location and have full resume writing services, full mentorship platform, you know, whether they want to be a mentor or a mentee, to have employment links to include, you know, what Orion has been so generous to assist with, which is a specific, you know, pipeline of opportunities for grads, uh, entrepreneurship type resources, uh, spouse resource, commercial, airline pilot, um, transition assistance, uh, and you know, female USAFA graduate specific instances for, you know, for help, whether that's just talking about um, maternity leave, you know, differences as you're getting ready to get out, all, everything will be in one spot. And so we are launching with, you know, about 50% of the uh, the listed items that I mentioned there for people to be able to go to. So it still gives them a comprehensive spot, um, but we'll continue to build. But yeah, I mean, just to reiterate, it's it's a one-stop shop located on the Association of Graduates site that gives that takes the guessing out of where people need to go. These are the absolute top resources out there, organizations I've been working with since before I left the service that I think have amazing um, brand notoriety and respect from service members and will you know will help this population to grow, succeed, and and feel secure in their next steps. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the link to that is usafa.org forward slash career center, correct? That is correct. Okay, and we'll certainly include that in the description of the show, and I'll say it a couple more times just so that everyone knows where to find it, because like you said, it's really a one-stop shop. There's so many resources that are available here, and even to come, like you said, you've only got about half of what you're going to have eventually and um, all the different services that are available here. It seems like this would be, um, yeah, a great, almost like a template for the other branches of service to use because you really cover, it looks like just about everything on this site. I sure hope so, Megan. I mean, I think I, I I barely can sleep some nights thinking about this because I, there's just so much that can be done. It's so it's so incredibly exciting, and I think I think if other people take a look at this afterwards, I think we can really create an amazing template that I I don't know I can only hope the DoD will be interested in in kind of mimicking. I mean, there we might be able to substitute some other pieces in there, and times will change, things will grow, manning numbers will shift uh, in terms of people exiting, but I think uh, I think right now Marty's vision and dream to create this, um, you know, place for service members, partnered with Kari's passion, my passion, the team that he's been having, you know, assigned to the AOG passion. I I just think right now Air Force Academy grads are going to have a chance to really um, dig in and and get to where they want to go with with less guesswork. I, I think it's really exciting. 
Mm-hmm. And you've partnered with a lot of really great organizations. So obviously Orion is one of them, uh, military.com. You have a um, company that you've partnered with on here that does the um, mentorship programs and things like that. So it seems like you've got tons of really, really great services. And, you know, for anyone who wants to check it out, usafa.org forward slash career center. Um, there's a lot of great stuff. The website looks great. And it's really impressive, just the list of services, the things that you mentioned, and even the list of coming soon. It's just, like you said, a one-stop shop. It's so easy to get on here and navigate and, you know, really just map out whatever you're looking for in terms of interview advice, if you're looking for resume assistance, um, furthering your education, employment, it's all here. I I mean, thanks. I, I'm really excited. I think, you know, even even the resumes <clears throat> alone from BRK are going to be, you know, extremely helpful to, to what our, our service members want to accomplish. So I couldn't be more thrilled. I couldn't be more excited that you know, Mike Sarich himself, your CEO, took the time to come out to the focus group and help brainstorm this. Uh, it, it's 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 going to be really good, and I I will put my heart and soul on the line in terms of that when I say, um, you know, I think this can get people really where they where they want to go. So so thank you. Yeah, definitely. And you know, in addition to having all the resources at your fingertips, the piece where Orion kind of plugs into this is that you also can have exposure to our recruiters. And so there's a link on the site. I think it's just linked to our logo where you come back to the Orion site and you can register. And so it's a quick way to, you know, get started with us, learn a little bit more about the services we offer too. So um, I know we're really excited about the partnership as well. Good. Yeah, you guys absolutely should be. I support you fully. I have a lot of respect and a lot of friends that have had great success through through everything you guys accomplish, and you're always very um, much humble professionals. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. So specific to Air Force veterans, I, I'm curious to hear, do you think that they face any unique challenges that are different from, you know, the other branches of service when they're transitioning out of the military or um do you think that it's easier for them, or do you just think it's about the same across the board? That's an interesting question. Uh, and, you know, I, I had that question a couple of years ago, actually, and I think at that point in time, I, I thought it, it varied. It, to me, it will depend on on who's being released at what time um, out of the service in terms of if you're looking at, you know, junior officers, too, versus senior. It's, it's almost... Um, like reading one of Malcolm Gladwell's books in terms of like micro trends when you're looking at different year mm-hmm. year groups and points. So your general officer uh, academy like or Air Force people getting out are going to have different problems than your junior officer or Air Force people might have getting out. So um, I I think one of the one of the challenges that you know the Air Force members might have is people. Don't that are not affiliated with the service don't understand that they also could have been in combat and what combat really means and so they don't know if they've led or not and they think maybe they all flew those are some of the stereotypes that you might see um, and so I think that that might be a challenge but I think personally this is Liz McLean speaking I think there's the, the pros and cons for for the branches are are pretty equal across the board right now. There mm-hmm. are enough pros and cons to balance each other out. Um, 
you know, some of our, if you're looking at the cyber force, you're looking at other pieces, some of our branches are going to have that in a stronger fashion. And that maybe is what you're hiring a little bit more for. Um, and most interesting uh, to me, so Northrop Grumman was a sponsor for the mentorship platform. And interestingly enough, the lowest population of service members they have is Air Force, when really, um, it should be one of their highest. So it was kind of funny to learn that. And it's just the nature of, um, you know, Air Force not necessarily knowing that it was a spot for them and, and then some of the hiring managers not knowing what to look for in those backgrounds. So, you know, working to increase that, that population. So I think it all comes down to stereotypes and it comes down to what the pressing needs are uh, for the hiring community at that time. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's a good point, and I think that those are good explanations for it. So, you know, I've mentioned several times I've read a lot of your articles online, and I would really like to share those with our listeners too. Do you have a place where they're like aggregated that anyone can kind of go and look at some of your articles, like a website that you have or anything like that? I do. So, I have my website, which is LizMcQueenSolutions.com, and that talks. You know, it's got a little bit of overview, just kind of my background, and then it's got a spot there for um, for some of my media and in my blog itself. So you can click that, and it'll take you to some of the writing, um, but it also will connect. So it'll take you to some of the things that were published in other periodicals, whether it's GI Jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but um, then, honestly, LinkedIn is where I've been aggregating most of uh, most of the material and, and kind of keeping it there, mainly. So many people are using it these days, and I encourage all of you out there listening, if you haven't created a LinkedIn page, please do so. I know for some federal jobs and whatnot, it's not always as necessary. But, um, yeah, LinkedIn is a big piece, and then on my blog. Awesome. And then, of course, for anyone listening, we also want you to check out the career site that just launched, the USAFA.org forward slash career center. So, Liz, thank you very much. I'm really excited that we got to have you here. And, of course, we're looking forward to the partnership as we um, continue to launch and promote this site and, you know, continue to work with you. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Megan. I really appreciate it. I'm super excited. And you know, can't wait to talk to you in a while and hopefully be able to pinpoint, hey, we've had so many successes, so many hires, people are so happy. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But thank yes, you. I'm, definitely. I'm extremely grateful. Of course. Thanks so much. All right. All right. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.